welcome to Fertility Help Hub's podcast. I'm Eloise, the founder and editor, and each week we bring you expert interviews, reader stories, holistic products, and more. Subscribe to our podcast for free so you never miss an episode. So on today's episode, I'm delighted to welcome guest Mark Sklar, who is the natural fertility doctor who's world renowned for his expertise in assisting people with natural fertility. And today's episode is in partnership with Fairhaven Health, who have a wealth of expertise and a fantastic offering of supplements and all sorts of other products to assist conception. So hello, welcome, Mark. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here and I'm excited for our conversation. As am I. We've done a couple of Instagram lives together, haven't we, where people have found great value in your expertise and encouraging them to try things or just switch things up in their lifestyles to aid conception. We have. And uh, those have always been a lot of fun because we get some fun questions as well. Um, So yeah, this, this should be a nice continuation from some of those conversations. Absolutely. Today's episode is all around improving oxidative damage to help with conception and, uh, you know, increasing the chance of conception and speeding up the time to conception. So first of all, could you just explain a little bit about what oxidative damage is? Yes. Often what we, uh, the way we hear it or the way it's referenced is called oxidative stress. And stress, um, many of us just think of stress as the emotional um, stress that, uh, that we entail throughout our lives and days. Um, but oxidative stress is, is, uh, happens similarly to our body. It's just not always emotional. Um, and uh, these are typically, these damages um, really start to break down our cells. So think of any toxins you come in contact with throughout any given day. And many of us, especially in the United States, are exposed to upwards of uh, 80,000 chemicals on a daily basis. It's a lot of chemicals that we're exposed to. And and not just chemicals will start to impact our our oxidative stress levels. Um, There are many of other things. I'm just using that as our initial example here. And these are, you know, for lack of a better word, bad things, right? We don't want them to impact our health and our life. And as we come in contact with them, they will start to damage our cells and make age faster, break them down, uh, so to speak. Other foods are other examples of that. So if we eat a lot of fast foods, fried foods, um, we don't take care of ourselves in that regard. We're not eating a lot of fresh, whole foods, then that's one of the fastest ways as well that we can start to damage our cells and our body. And so we often hear a lot about this when we start talking about um, anti-aging medicine. You know, we have uh, a, a large population of the world that wants to stay younger, look younger, feel younger, and so forth. Um, and that is very much what we start to deal with is starting to repair the damage um, that our lives have incurred on our body and ourselves and have caused us to age faster, whether it's our skin um, or in other ways, our egg quality or sperm quality aging faster. And so this is a big piece of, of what we need to deal with in the reproductive world, in the fertility world, is reversing this and slowing this down 
um, and really starting to impact this in a positive way versus a negative way. So much of what we do on a regular basis will impact this negatively. So um, I mentioned some food items which could impact it negatively. I mentioned toxins that we're in contact with. And so pesticides and um, unnatural cleaning products that we use at home in our environment might do that as well. Um, and then um, at least in the United States, when I talk about, I think I mentioned just a moment ago, pesticides, but the biggest culprits for this is going to be Roundup. Um, and that's a, a big problem that we have in the United States because it it uh, is in our water and it um, goes into our food and in pretty much every way. Um, and so that can do it as well. Lack of sleep, right? If we're not um, sleeping enough and allowing our body to rest, recover and rejuvenate, um, then those are... Um, that is an, an impact on our oxidative stress levels. Um, stress itself, right? If we're running rampant and under a lot of stress. So there's a lot of things that can impact that. And I think if we just think of just naturally and commonsensically, you know, all the um, things that are not good for us, those are the sorts of things that we should think of that start to impact and damage um, our oxidative stress levels. And um, would you always see symptoms? What would be the symptoms you might see to know that you're struggling with oxidative stress? Yeah, we might not always see symptoms. I think um, over time, we certainly will. You'll start to see that you look older, your skin is degrading faster. Um, maybe you don't have the same sort of vitality and energy, but there's not a lot of specific symptoms that we might feel or notice other than like a slow loss of vitality. Um, the, there are, you know, you can test for oxidative stress levels. And so you can do that, um, and get a, a level or a range. And, and so that's something that many of us can do. Um, to, you know, depending on what we have access to. Um, I run that test as part of a hormone panel that I run um, for the couples that I work with called a uh, Dutch test or dried urine hormone test. Um, and they do include the oxidative stress levels as part of that. And for men, by the way, oftentimes when, if, if they end up running what's called a DNA fragmentation test, um, usually we also get a um, indicator or level of um, oxidative stress as well. Fascinating. Thank you for expanding on this. And what about antioxidants and fertility? What are the benefits of taking supplements like Fairhaven Health, supplements such as FH Pro for men, for women? What are the benefits of COQ10 for egg health, for example? Yeah, so that's exactly where and why antioxidants are used so much, because antioxidants are one of the um, more proactive things we can take to start to reverse the oxidative damage that's occurred um, and, and start to really um, slow that process down and impact it in hopefully a positive way. So there's a lot of different ways that you can get antioxidants. Um, supplements are the probably the easiest way because at least we know how much we're getting. We can control that on a daily basis um, and manage that a little bit more easily. Although I don't always like for that to be the only way because if let's just say you're not sleeping and you've got insomnia and that's impacting your levels, then obviously 
you know, we can take oxidative, we can take antioxidants forever, but if you're not going to treat the root issue, then that starts to become an issue as well. And you're always just kind of, you know, one step behind. So I do, um, I'm a big proponent aside from the supplement piece, which we'll dive into in just a moment. I'm a big proponent of really focusing on the root issue. So if it's sleep, let's focus on getting you better quality sleep and more of it. If it's stress, let's focus on what you need to do to manage that stress. Um, maybe we would incorporate some meditation, some yoga, some qigong, some exercise, whatever it might be for that individual. Um, and the same thing with food, right? Um, you know, aside from breathing, there's probably nothing we do more frequently on a given day. Um, and so, you know, we need to make sure we're getting good quality food and addressing uh, those areas in our diet that are impacting those levels. Now, it doesn't mean we have to be perfect in everything, but we're striving to be better every day to improve those things. Um, and I did mention breathing just a moment ago. You know, we take that for granted, but I do think some focused, concerted breathing on our part would actually do a lot of good. We get in a lot more oxygen into our lungs. Um, it, it is another way for us to kind of ground and reset. So that is part of what we can do as long as we are focusing on it and not just letting our body just naturally do it on its own. Um, so those foundational root things, um, and there's more depending on what's impacting that for each one of us, um, are essential. And then we start to, from there, add in, I think, the antioxidants. And so the most common one we hear of in the fertility world is going to be CoQ10 because CoQ10 has so many amazing benefits. So as we start to talk about, um, you know, CoQ10 and antioxidants and trying to reverse the aging process and so forth, CoQ10 is always discussed. Now, one of the things we have to remember is that when we start to have um, degrading of these cells, um, and in this case, either the sperm or the egg, then th the first thing that starts to get impacted is the mitochondria of the cell, the powerhouse of the cell, the, the energy. Um, and so this is, imagine that we've got a, um, you're, you're talking about a city and we've got this one major energy source that powers the entire city. That's what the mitochondria is, okay, for us. And so we need to remember that that's the first thing that starts to get impacted when we um, are dealing with fertility. And so one of the ways to really impact that and reverse it is with the supplementation of CoQ10. That will make a big, big impact. And this is not something that I'm just saying on my own. You know, um, there are research studies. That's why this has been used for so long. There are research studies that show that it's one of the more uh, potent um, and successful things that we can incorporate to impact oxidative stress levels uh, and the mitochondria of the cell. So that is a big piece that we always include. And then that uh, you mentioned Fairhaven Health, that is actually one of the key nutrients um, included into their broad spectrum uh, supplement product, FH Pro for men and women, that is a big component of it as well. And they've got a nice dose in there of 300. Um, that is really important. And, um, you know, some questions that come up, I don't know if you want to um, answer these questions or address them, but questions that I often get as, it, uh, as we start talking about CoQ10 is um, how much of it should we have? What's the right dosage? What's the right form? Can you take too much? 
Right. Yeah. All those things, time of day. So I, I think this is a really important question to answer for, for many of us because um, we, we are always faced with having to make these decisions. How much do I take? When do I take it? What's the right form? Do I spend the money? So first and foremost, everyone listening should understand that CoQ10 is an expensive supplement. It's not um, inexpensive across the board. And then once you get into more um, potent um, types of it, then it becomes even more expensive. So what I have found is twofold. Uh, Dose is important depending on the form that you're taking it. So if you are taking ubiquinol versus ubiquinone, ubiquinol is um, is a little bit higher quality in terms of um, absorption. So you need less of it. There's nothing wrong with ubiquinone or CoQ10. It just means you need more of it. In the end, what I tell everybody is... It all comes down to how many pills you want to take um, because the price is probably going to work out the same. Um, and then it's a matter of, you know, which, you know, what dosage you want to take and, and how much of it. I prefer to take less pills personally. <laughs> so I'm always looking for something. If it's going to be the same thing in cost, I'm always looking for something that is going to be, um, um, you know, my biggest bang for my buck there. And that's also a benefit of the, um, FH Pro line is because they have 300 milligrams CoQ10 there. Now, some individuals might need a little bit more depending on their circumstances, but then we just um, add in a little bit more on a case-by-case basis. I've never really seen anybody take too much. It doesn't mean that it couldn't happen. Um, I probably wouldn't go above 600 or 800 a day of CoQ10 or ubiquinone. Ubiquinol, you can take less of. Again, you know, I, I because it can give you a burst of energy or a little bit of increase of energy. Um, then I'd like to take it in the morning versus at nighttime, um, or recommend taking it in the morning versus nighttime. Um, but those are the the bigger things. I should mention you actually can test your CoQ10 levels um, if you wanted to. Not many people do that, but that is something that you can do if you're concerned about your levels and just want to check in on that. Great. And for anyone listening who is a fan of Fairhaven Health or wants to check out their product range, as Mark mentioned, we're big fans of FH Pro for men and women for all of the reasons he's just mentioned and more. Um, Then you can benefit from uh, a lovely discount, 15% off if you use code FHH15 at checkout. Um, So moving on to... uh, general fertility um, mm-hmm. and the supplement benefits of FH Pro because it's it's a type of supplement from Fairhaven Health that we do get asked about a fair amount and I know is very popular. Would you recommend um, a supplement or a nutrient which will speed up getting pregnant? Well, that's actually why I lean on the FH Pro line because first and foremost, it's a full multivitamin. Um, and for women, it's a full prenatal. So I don't have to worry about adding an additional multi or prenatal on top of it. Um, and then it has all the other key nutrients for men and women, um, respectively, um, in, for the most part, in the appropriate dosages. Now, there's, there are times where um, twofold, if we have someone who might need a little bit more support in a given area, like we were just talking about CoQ10 and I felt like they need a little bit more. 
um, or some other nutrient, then we might add on a little bit to that for those individuals. Um, and, um, you know, specifically on the FH Pro for women line, it is not for everybody. You know, I think we have to just be mindful that even though I talk about this this product line um, very broadly, and I'm a big fan and use it quite frequently, I'm still particular about who gets it and who doesn't, right? Because each one of us have specific issues um, and areas that need to be addressed. And that product or the combination of the nutrients in there might not be appropriate, or maybe you don't need all the nutrients in there. So I do highly recommend that everyone has a customized plan. And that's one of my big you know, recommendations for everybody is that we're just not taking everything under the sun um, and that we are, are careful about that. But in general, these are quite uh, amazing products broad spectrum in terms of what they offer. And I should also just mention here while we're talking about it, the FH Pro for women line, you do not continue once you're pregnant, you switch to a prenatal, to a true prenatal. This is a uh, prenatal and a um, fertility support supplement. Um, so once you're pregnant, you don't need a lot of those additional fertility support nutrients that are included in this product. And so you could back off on that and just switch to a regular prenatal. I get that question quite often, actually. And what about vitamins which help with ovulation? Yeah, um, I, I think that's important. Um, you know, most of the time when we're talking about ovulation, we're, and again, this is a generalization, it's not for everybody, but often when we're talking about impacting or improving ovulation, we're talking about women who have PCOS or polycystic ovarian syndrome and some key nutrients there that help to regulate the hormones and the cycles and to initiate ovulation are the ionisetol family. So myo-ionisetol and dechiro-ionisetol, which are included um, in the FH Pro for Women product. Um, but Fairhaven also has a standalone product with those two in it as well um, that you can take if you just need need those. And, and that's a great... Um, a great, you know, first step to starting to regulate cycles and initiate ovulation. Now, sometimes I will say that, you know, there's other reasons for, um, for an ovulation and we need to understand the full hormone pattern there, understand what's going on um, with each individual and what their hormones are telling us so that we can properly support them um, which, you know, may or may not include these products that I'm mentioning, um, which is why I'm a big fan of individualized care and really understanding what each person needs. Yes, this is something we hear a lot. wonder if you do too. What is methylfolate? And could you explain the MTHFR gene mutation and why that matters for fertility? Sure. So there's a lot of, uh, at least in recent years, there's a lot of discrepancy, um, or I should say, um, there's a fair amount of physicians who don't believe this matters, and there's a fair amount that do. And so you might be speaking to your personal OBGYN or reproductive endocrinologist, and um, they might not think much of it. But MTHFR is a gene. This gene allows you to convert folic acid into folate, which is the usable form. And um, most of us can use that more efficiently 
Now, if you have a gene mutation and there are two gene marker, there's two genes and each one has, you know, you can have either no mutation, a single or a double mutation on each one of those genes can impact your ability to, um, you know, metabolize folic acid and convert it into folate. So it's actually a, a large percentage of the population has at least one mutation, if not more, which again can impact it. The, the more mutations you have, the more of a concern and issue this is. Um, and so that's why typically right now, most of us will typically just recommend taking uh, methylfolate um, versus folic acid because you actually get um, a lot more. You lose a lot of the folic acid when you have to convert it, um, especially if, um, and you have a much harder time of doing that if you have a gene mutation. And so um, the, uh, the easier thing right now, and for many, the best thing and best approach is to just take the methylfolate supplement. Now, that just doesn't mean you're not gonna get folic acid. Folic acid is found in your food, so that's fine. Um, I'm not a big fan of the fortified foods with folic acid, which has been a big thing for quite some time. Um, but nowadays, I think, you know, that should probably be foregone and we can, you know, move on to just regular supplementation and get everybody what they need. Um, so this can be specifically more of an issue or more of a concern, potentially, if you have a hard time holding on to a pregnancy. So if you have miscarriages then um, this gene mutation um, can be more of an issue. It can also cause if, you're, if you have this mutation and you're getting too much folic acid and you can't utilize your folate, then it can also in, um, uh, cause more inflammation in the body. So those are all things that need to be evaluated and understood, but that's also why you'll see in, in many um, good quality, I should say prenatals, you're pretty much gonna see just methylfolate instead of folic acid these days, including FH Pro, by the way, they have that in it as well. And for anyone who's tuning in at this point, just a reminder that if you want to get 15% off um, FH Pro for men or for women or both, uh, we have a code for a limited time, which is FHH15 for 15% off if you want to use that at checkout and try out um, the FH Pro or Fairhaven Health supplements range. And I wanted to ask you about myo-inositol. Is it important for fertility? And could you explain the difference between all of the different ones that people may hear or see on packaging or on the internet or on Instagram? <laughs> sure. I, I mentioned just briefly uh, a little bit ago about inositol, so D-Cairo and myo-inositol. The most common form that we will see in most products that we hear about and, and typically which, what you, which is what you should assume if someone mentions ionisetol is myo-ionisetol. That is the more common form. The D-Cairo is one I, I, I don't believe should be used on its own and two, if it is used, should be used in uh, um, coordination with the myo-ionisetol. Um, and uh, in a balanced ratio, which is often how you'll see it, by the way. So that you don't have to think about that. If you're getting it in a blend, it will be in that balanced ratio. Um, and that's the way it is in FH Pro and in, and in their uh, standalone product with the inositols um, for, by Fairhaven. Um, it's in the appropriate um, uh, ratios for each other to balance them out. And this is really why those inositols are important for PCOS 
um, polycystic ovarian syndrome is because of that ratio. And we have found that it helps to solidify and regulate blood sugar much um, more quickly. And it also helps to regulate hormones and ovulation more effectively. So that's why this is used. And those two have been researched on their own and in combination with other things many, many times. Um, so we, we can feel confident about that. Now, why myo-inositol is used on its own often is to help with egg quality. Um, there is, you know, I, I, I think that it's probably used a little too much personally in this situation. For a lot of women, they read that it can help with egg quality. And just like any woman who reads that something can help with egg quality, they start to take it. We might not necessarily need it. So this is where I start to be a little bit more cautious um, there's a lot of things that can help with egg quality, and we need to know which one is the best for you. But that's why we might see it in fertility supplementation and formulas is for that very reason is to support egg quality. I typically use uh, the combination um, more so, and I use that with my PCOS patients. Um, and then um, I will use my ionisotol for um, egg quality, but that is case by case, just depending on their circumstances and, and everything else that's going on. That's really useful to know, Mark. Thank you so much. And if anyone has any questions, um, obviously you're happy to uh, sort of consult with people and also the team at Fairhaven Health uh, have a team, don't they, who can support with finding out more information um, about what you might need and what you might be looking for in products um, and what you might consider taking or not taking and why. And I wanted to find out about antioxidant-rich foods. We hear again so much through the internet about what you should avoid when you're trying to conceive and what you should be doing. What's your professional advice? Yeah, so this is where, you know, foods are so important. And the first thing we all should be doing when we are trying to improve our health and fertility is no different is improving our diet. So I think we can all take an objective look at our individual diets and recognize where um, it needs a little bit of tweaking and adjusting um, and support. Um, and typically what I find is that we all need more vegetables <laughs> um, in our diet. And those are typically um, rich in antioxidants. So getting those dark leafy greens, but not just that, getting a variety of color on your plate, eating the reds and the yellows and the, um, the blues and the purples and so forth and the oranges, like really making sure we're having a nice variety in our diet. And then while we're talking about food, is also making sure quality is important here. This is where the quality of the food makes or breaks it and can really support your um, oxidative stress levels or, or, or negatively impact them. And this is also part of that antioxidant discussion with foods is really the quality. Um, are you eating conventional meats that are full of hormones and antibiotics? Um, or are you eating grass-fed products? Um, are your produce um, organic or are they not? Were they sprayed with a lot of pesticides and chemicals? These are um, impactful and very important and really something that we need to consider in the grand scheme of things, which we often don't, but um, they're very, very important. And actually, I've seen a research study done where they took a family and they gave them uh, it was a family that was eating poorly already and they tested their levels. And then two weeks uh, or two or three weeks, it wasn't a long period of time where they ate better quality food 
they, uh, their levels had dramatically uh, changed. So we can make a huge impact in a short period of time, which I think is really, really valuable. Aside from eating all your veggies, I do think that you're one of the best sources of antioxidants in uh, food is also going to be from um, our berries. So, you know, any sort of berries, strawberries, raspberries, blackberries, blueberries, and so forth are rich in antioxidants, uh, cherries as well, and can be really beneficial for us in our diet and something that we can naturally work into our diet. Amazing. And what about things to avoid? Void is uh, is all the junk. <laughs> Lots of sugar. Um, you know, there's this big push in, in the last 10 to 15 years about gluten-free. Now, gluten may not be an issue for you. Um, I do think that in general, we do tend to eat too much gluten. So it's, you might not need to go gluten-free, but you might be able to reduce your gluten impact, um, intake as well. Um, and just try and and when we do that, that actually increases naturally often increases our healthy fats and increases our vegetables and and so forth. So you know just finding a little bit more balance there. But sugar is probably the biggest culprit. Um, by that I mean processed sugar. So really be being mindful of that um, and fried foods, things that we already know, even though they might taste good, they're not always good for us. Um, and so with that, I would say, you know, in moderation, be mindful, be careful. Um, and if you can live an 80-20 diet where 80% of the time you're on point with your diet and 20% of the time you give yourself some flexibility, I think you're succeeding and you're doing pretty well when it comes, uh, when it comes to um, dietary impact on your health. What about things like too much sugar in natural sources such as fruit? Is that something people should look at too? So... If you are diabetic or close to that, then yes, that's something you have to be mindful of. It might be how you eat it, when you eat it, how you combine it with other foods. Um, or if you have um, a lot of inflammation, then we want to be a little bit more careful with that. And if you, um, if you have a yeast overgrowth or candida, then that would be another reason to be really careful with your fruit intake. Um, but a couple of points here is, you know, berries are very low in that in sugar. So you're usually safe with, on the berry side of things, the berry families. And if you all are also eating by season of fruits that are available, I think you're going to be a little bit more successful as well, right? In the summer months, we have certain um, uh, citrus fruits that are more available, but they're only available for a shorter period of time. So you're eating those, but then you're moving on to something else. And so it ebbs and flows naturally as well if you're eating according to the seasons. Absolutely. Well, Mark, that's been so helpful. Thank you so much for sharing your expertise. Anything else you think that people should take away who've listened today? You know, I think the biggest thing for me is that we are all, um, we are looking at ourselves in a, in a unique fashion and as an individual that needs specific things for us, not for everybody else. If you're just going on to the internet and taking anything that says egg quality, I think that becomes an issue. First of all, you don't even know if you need egg quality support, um, or most of the time we don't, and you're just taking it because you think that's the right thing to do. Um, second is, you know, just because you do need egg quality support, you might need it for different reasons than somebody else, which means your combination of supplements and diet would be a little bit different than somebody else's. And so I think it's really important that we look at ourselves uniquely, that we test and we don't guess about ourselves and that you get the proper support and guidance by someone who knows your case so that you can get the best results and the fastest results 
um, based on your specific situation. Really helpful. Thank you so much, Mark, for your time today. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. And for anyone out there who wants to check out Fairhaven Health and their incredible range of supplements and all sorts of products to aid with conception, then check out the link here. And you can benefit from 15% off, as I mentioned before, with a unique code FHH15 at checkout. So enjoy, take advantage. And thank you so much, Mark, for being my guest today. Thank you for having me. Really appreciate it.